Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Make Do. I'm Tiff Arment. And I'm Julia Scott. And this week, we're going to talk about art, politics, um, how those things can relate to each other. What's an artist's place? Can it be an escape if it's for politics? I don't know. It's all those things. Can we become <laughs> exploitive? With all, all these big questions we decided to put into this episode. So, um, And it's my fault because I... I don't know if it was like a direct conscious like reflection like oh last time we went inwards now we have to go outwards. Oh, I like that. I like that. But I <laughs> but I did want to get more into the thing like you know like art matters and we keep talking about how art matters and doing stuff for yourself mm-hmm. and because it's fun matters. And sometimes you want to just kind of, you know, cover your ears and go la 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 unicorns and puppies. Uh but it is very much a privilege to be able to pretend that the world is not a political place. Oh, absolutely. So I wanted to talk a little bit about those kind of things, like about both content and intent, mm-hmm. I guess. So are are you... <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'm getting ready to start this heavy topic. Because right. <laughs> I think also like it's it's sometimes it's easy to forget that little things matter like right now as we're recording a little while ago you put up t-shirts where I did. Yeah. the the proceeds will go to reuniting kids and families mm-hmm. that have been separated at the american border um and that's like i mean it's a it's a small thing but it's a thing and it's a thing that can make a difference you know like it's it's that thing like maybe maybe it's not that you make huge art and huge statements but sometimes the little things matter as well and i i appreciate that that you also try to find the little things to do because it is it can be really really hard sometimes you you, like you want to can i just put my phone in another room Mm -hmm. in another country and not look at the news yeah but sometimes those even the privilege of ignoring it can get heavy on your shoulders Mm -hmm. and you feel the weight of I've had my head in the sand too long while other people are working really hard and I'm not contributing and I'm not helping and you kind of try and figure out the ways you can help whether it's with time whether it's with donations whether it's with activism and um, can your art be put into that and how does that kind of play together I mean like does making a painting about something that's incredibly political out and out help anything i mean maybe you know if you share it on social media it gets people thinking but then how many people are putting their heads in the sand also and don't want to see it because it's just too much and there's a lot of complicated things going in and out of these feelings and this kind of uh activism and art and politics and definitely and i i have to say that i have almost i think equal amounts of respect for the people who are very very political artists and makers and the people who like say mostly make you know cute cartoons about cats or whatever (laughs) and then they'll go no no like i have i've built up this platform with a cute cat but i also cannot stay silent on this one thing so like suddenly (laughs) the cat's holding a post you know what i mean like it's oh there's both of those both of those things are are valid and important like to to use your art even if you're not a political artist you can still use the platform and the art and the visibility to go yeah i've been really loving following oliver jeffries he mainly does children's books and really cool um kind of sketchy anime um illustration style that he has and he uses his children's books and the appeal of them for activism oftentimes with like larger installations and really cool thing. And like some of his books are very political there. It's just really great. So if you follow him on Twitter, it's actually kind of a, a nice combination of fun, cute, funny art where he writes books about, you know, crayons revolting against their owner or uh, versus, you know, that everyone has a right to love and live and be protected and wonderful political statements of inclusiveness. And it's, it's really he I feel like he has a really lovely balance. I don't 
know him personally. I don't know his home life. I don't know his own internal struggle. But on Instagram, it's both really nice because you get the nice cute and you get the political at the same time. And I mean, there have been a lot of artists that we think like, for instance, Dr. Seuss, most people think of like he, he did kids books, but he also did a lot of I mean, aside from the message inherent in several of his yeah. kids books, he also did a lot of political cartooning in in um, in newspapers and magazines in his day. So it's, yeah, I it's still can't read the not... Lorax. It just makes me cry. <laughs> I'm like the trees. He speaks for the trees. <laughs> there's there's definitely no because I think that's a problem that I sometimes feel and like you were saying where you're like what what can I do like you feel like little the little thing that you can give isn't gonna matter but that's that's not how it works like the the, the silence of the many is how how bad things happen do you do you see like politics or current events or current discussion climates does that influence your art or do you just do the art and then the t-shirts are separate well the t-shirts came about you know back when you know captain horrible won the election and uh i was feeling a lot of feelings about that and you just couldn't avoid it and it was a really depressing thing and so then i had my pens and i just drew something and then i posted it on instagram and the t-shirt company approached me and was like oh this would make a sweet shirt if you want to sell it and i was like that feels wrong to sell this when it came out of, you know, my political anger. And so then that's when I decided to donate the, the profits to organizations that I feel like could help. So it's like, well, you know, the t-shirt company gets something, I get to be a maker of something and the charities also can benefit from that as well. And like a little addition here and there. So that's where that came from. And I feel like when it comes to art and the political landscape and how I feel like how it kind of funnels through that, um, that channel, it influences me in the way of how I'm feeling certain days. You know, if I feel incredibly sad or beaten down, like even though I'm not being personally affected, like we said in early, I, I'm, we're super pivot. It's still, it, it weighs on you and it makes you think differently and it makes you want to support people and it makes you want to reach out and help everyone. But a lot of times that's not incredibly possible in a daily life. Um, so it changes my mood and then it, cre- it changes the art I'm creating. So like, you know, sadder things or maybe I won't even be able to make anything that day because the political news was just too heavy and I just need to like, I don't know, sit with it for a little while. Like I can't feel like I can paint a happy whale if I'm feeling like beaten down by the world or the whale is just caught up in like an eight pack plastic thingy. Oh, wait, were you saying like a whale in like trash or something like, yeah, instead of flowers. Oh, it's so sad. Like, I I feel like I can't even me personally as a person, I can't even paint something sad because then that sticks around like that, you know, like then that's like a permanent sad thing that I put onto the paper and I think some people feel that as a release and they're getting it out of themselves and onto the paper but I don't like the idea for me of <laughs> like making something and then there it is staring at you sad yeah. and like I like to create things that make me happy and bring me joy and and when I look at the thing that I created I feel pride and happiness not yeah. that's like, it's a ugh. weird it's a weird paradox if you sort of you want to use art as therapy in the cheering up sense like I want to make something happy but you either can't find the happy energy or you feel guilty about the happy energy so you sort of get stuck in this Mm -hmm. little hole you've dug yourself for me like I when I was thinking about this I was like well yeah I just make mugs but that's not it because I, I make mugs with you know sometimes they're just angry messages in general like they'll say no or curse words uh but that is to me a form of message as well to, yeah to, to allow that anger to take a place and and i mean in in the space of of pottery there is a lot of i don't know what you call like traditional beauty you know like mm-hmm. it's supposed to be either elegant or cute or even when it's rustic it's still supposed to be very aesthetically pleasing and i like playing with that and doing stuff that's sometimes disturbing like mm-hmm. tentacle mugs some people find them disturbing some people find them disturbing in a good way but like i like playing with 
with mess as well. Like some of my pottery is, is your basic standard pottery. This is a mug. It has colors and stuff. But, you know, sometimes there'll be feminist messages on them. And I sell at a lot of like feminist or woman centric uh, markets and stuff. And that's very intentional, both because that's a very good uh, marketplace, literally for my stuff, but also because I appreciate being in that space and working within that space and building up that space and other makers who believe things that are similar to what I believe. I know this one maker who um, they make like naughty embroidery, you know, mm-hmm. like they'll say like, like, uh, I don't know, controversial phrases or words that you wouldn't expect to be in like traditional, beautiful embroidery. You know, I don't want to say it because I know we have some younger listeners, but <laughs> they're, they are out there. And it, I, I find it both funny and also a bit of a, a relief, you know, sometimes in some of these things where it's like, ah, yes, not everything has to be lovely. But for me as a creator, I want to create lovely things, but I appreciate and enjoy things that aren't perfectly lovely in the world. And I, and I think there is a lot of awareness of different kinds in the craft movement and maker movement, both of, I mean, part of it is just like, it's a post-apocalyptic life skill. Mm-hmm. At this point, that is also not <laughs> something to be disregarded. Um <laughs> But but aside from that, also like seeing it as a way to to make a statement, to take back a skill, to when it comes to parts of the craft and make a movement, to take back skills that at one point were demanded of women and then were disparaged because they were woman stuff and didn't matter. And now we have machines to do those things and to bring back you know the skill and the craft. And then in the next step, also using those things to do the next step of messaging. So mm-hmm. like having a slogan embroidery, slogan knitting. Uh, I mean, the, the 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 kitty cat hats of the women's marches, mm-hmm. they've been discussed as problematic and that's a separate subject. But having that enormous moment and movement of that and, and having, you know, certain people going like, well, this had to have been... Uh, you know, orchestrated by some nefarious, because how can you get those many hats ready? And it's like, have you, have you met knitters? <laughs> have you heard of the internet? So there's, there's that thing as well. And I think that also, because of the way the internet has collected people who like the same things, then when you're already collected to talk about knitting or watercolors or fountain pens or video games, then you can also find um, other people to talk to and and strength and some people think that you know we shouldn't we shouldn't politicize that this is just knitting why do we have to talk about this in a podcast group about whatever but again I think that's a it's a luxury to think that like I'm I'm not I'm not political mm-hmm. I think but I think it helps anyone and there's a lot of different people obviously and there people feel things in a different way and just like I was saying, like, I don't want to paint something that's dark, but yet I really like dark, creepy art. You know, <laughs> like I can appreciate it. But I just maybe I haven't tapped into my own um, vein of that yet that I can create that way. I also have this big thing. I mean, it's it's totally like middle class white girl thing where like, I'm really scared of my parents. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm really scared that like they'll see me like putting dirty words on the internet and I'll get in trouble. So I'm like I always like don't le- don't read Twitter dad, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> like yeah. um, so I have that fear of them being like, "Oh, Tiffany, I'm so disappointed in you. I thought Tiffany you were a lady. I thought you were a lady, right?" Like it's like, "Oh, yeah. I want I'm lucky that my parents have have long since given up on any elegance (laughs) it's like yeah it's like there's been certain things that i i decided to you know affirm that i'm an adult in things and other things i'm like still that little girl like too scared to see have my parents see me in that light so i think that's where a lot of that comes from (laughs) where i'm like i don't want to write a dirty word next to my whale even though i kind of do want to make a funny whale painting with funny words on it but for me for me I think it's also that because my mother grew up in the Soviet Union she came to the west when she was 29 or 30 Mm -hmm. um, before she had me and so to her any kind of politics 
and any kind of sort of involvement or engagement has always been tainted. So when I started becoming politically aware and politically active, that was for a while, it was hard for her to deal with. Because me being involved in any sort of political group or like it, it just it was it was to her still and it was ingrained that it was corrupt and mm-hmm. it was dirty and it was destructive and it was dangerous. So for her for a while, like she I mean, she drives me insane in so many ways, but I will give her that she even when she feels very sure about what's going on in certain events or whatever she she will ask and she will listen when I go well no this is why that's not fishy or that's not weird Mm -hmm. um but that's that's still I think more problematic for her than than how I say it is that to her I think it's still kind of scary because someone will come and get you Mm -hmm. and it's so weird to for me as well to have that sort of context even if it's uh, secondhand and to see what's going on in parts of America today where it has sort of become dangerous again to be political mm-hmm. and it's so weird and I'm saying like where danger has even reached the white middle classes because that's again like it's it's it has always been dangerous to be a minority and to be several minorities on top of each other. And that's that's one thing as well that I feel like I can, as a woman, I find it difficult when people say like they're apolitical. It's like, yeah, but these are my basic human civil rights. Mm-hmm. And as a bisexual woman, again, I'm like, yes, hello, n- no. And even though I... I mean, I'm not only white passing, I'm I'm white, uh, even though, like, depending on who you ask, Jews are not white, blah, 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 whatever. But like, I'm a white woman. Mm-hmm. I'm a white middle class woman. But in my country, in Sweden, and in large parts of Europe, where the far right are gaining strength, and to know that, like, these people think that I shouldn't exist. They think that you know, my mother shouldn't have been allowed to come. They think that my brother shouldn't have been allowed to come with her. Uh, and for that matter, you know, my mother was pulled into an interrogation room in Moscow when she had brought us to visit our grandparents. And she was sitting in there knowing that it didn't matter matter that my brother and I were Swedish citizens. We could still, you know, in the mid 80s have suddenly mysteriously, oh, oops, didn't mean to disappeared into the Soviet orphanage system of the 80s, which was not a great place to be so like oh I, I wow. <laughs> knowing that so many of these things even when they don't affect me directly in my day-to-day like Tuesday life so many of them are directed at so many of the groups that I'm a part of but even beyond that it's like they're directed at groups who are human beings and mm-hmm. should and I just want to go like, can I can I throw mugs at politicians? Please note, I'm not actually threatening to throw anything hard at any form of political figure. I just feel like it. Do you know what I mean? Where you're like, I, I, I'm just filled with this like rage of how how do you, how do you not just like set all the books and paintings on fire to express your rage and be like, mm-hmm. this is art. You know, like yeah. it's just at some point and. I'm not often at a loss for words, but there are days where I'm just like, I don't know how to express this. I'm going to share a cute puppy, you know? Well, I I find myself oftentimes around my peer group and the people that I spend time with and the communities I choose to be around. I find myself just whenever I start raging out about, I particularly get enraged with women's issues and, you know, uh, things with children that they just, oh, it just kills me. So like I that's when I like freak out. Like I just, I can't take it. And I just need to just rant about it with everyone who will listen. And I feel like I'm just talking to the people who agree with me, you know? And then if I do end up having a moment where I rage out with a Republican or someone around, I get nowhere because I look like a lunatic because I am just so overcome with emotion and under not like, I just can't possibly understand how you can't just see everyone as human and want everyone to have the same wonderful rights that you would have. Like who wouldn't want that for other people? 
Like who, who that's, that's where I, I just, I don't understand where that mentality of I want to be above you comes from at all. And that's where sometimes we forget also, I think it's easy to forget that art literally plays a part in that. Like when you look at political cartoons, I forget what syndicated newspaper it was in, but somebody had drawn like a political cartoon of the stereotypical uh, gangbanger Mexican wall climber who was like, why would you want to separate a loving father from his son? And he was like holding a gun and he had all these gang. And it's just like, this is no, <laughs> this is not okay. And, mm-hmm. and all the different ways that people, you know, use art and political art and political cartoons and like all of the different little ways that you signal political, like, politics in general but the ways that you dehumanize people like that is has so often been and and why i can sometimes react as well like even when it's quote-unquote our side but trying to like make fun of the wrong things you know like Mm -hmm. i don't care if if president trump is fat i care what he does Mm -hmm. and you definitely don't have to photoshop his butt bigger for me to care more or less about what he does this yeah. was a kind of a weird sidetrack, uh, but do, <laughs> but do you think that do you think that artists? I mean, clearly, I believe artists have some sort of responsibility. But do you think that in general, there's a responsibility to be conscious in your art? I get it, it totally depends on who you are. I mean, if you have it in you to do that, I feel like that. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's <laughs> yeah. You know, it just it. it it's hard to ask that of somebody who isn't capable of doing that for their own mental health or whatever reasons that they have. I mean, some people, I, I honestly get scared for some people when they are extremely vocal about their preferences in a certain, like, Mm -hmm. so like, um, I don't know, like even just something as simple as, um, having art in your yard or having uh, bumper stickers on your car. Like I always worry for those people that have like extremely left liberal stuff all over their car and they're driving in an area that is not like that. I'm like, Oh my God. I'm like, do you understand these people like guns? Like you're, you're, you're (laughs) like, you know what I mean? It's like the people who (laughs) like one side, if they are super political about their things, you know, the liberals aren't going to shoot them, you know, because no one likes guns. Like the liberal, (laughs) there's nothing we can really do. We're going to like throw paint buckets at them, you know, like of paint, not even the whole bucket, just the paint. Like that's all we're going to do. And (laughs) it's like their other side, they have guns. They can like kill you for your for your thoughts and for your opinions and that scares me because i feel like the two the sides that we're pitting against especially here in america one is just like very aggressive and violent and the other is passive and artistic and like it it just it there's different ways to express the two sides and i just don't I'm scared. (laughs) It's scary, right? Like, I know that that's totally stereotyping the two sides, which isn't good because there are very passive people on both sides. There's very aggressive people on both sides. But in general, like, that's kind of how I see this landscape. And I know we're going to get tons of if we get tons of tweets and stuff about this. I'm (laughs) sorry. It's just this is an open. This is a safe place. It's an open discussion. We're just talking. And also there, I mean, there is a definite difference between like, hmm, we're not going to serve you burritos today. This is going to be a super old reference by the time this episode goes <laughs> up. And between we want to have the right to never serve you. We want to have the right to never give you your medication. We want to have the right to We want to have the right less. to walk we- around with guns strapped to our backs in the streets. Like, that's <laughs> aggressive. Like, that's very aggressive. Other people are like, we just want to send our kids to school. Like, we just... You know what the weirdest place I have seen a no guns allowed sign was? was at the Center for Puppetry Arts in Atlanta. Like, that's where they have a big John Henson exhibit where you can see, like, all these, like, it's mainly school classes. And there's a big sign, like, no guns on the premises. I, as the European tourist I am, took a picture of it because it's so bizarre. And, like, this is, I mean, this is very much also a place of, of privilege of being like, I can choose to go to America or not. And also knowing that, 
my chances of, of getting in and not getting stuck in, in TSA longer are different than my friend who has uh, an Iranian name. That's mm-hmm. just the way it is. And I hate that. And for the past couple of years, every time we, we talk about going for certain events in the States or even for visiting friends, I'm like, do I? Because I, I generally I have this again a little bit of a parenthesis but i i try to have a principle of not traveling to you know dictatorships or places where uh the people who live there are treated horribly by their government and so i was like so hmm. muslim ban i'm not a muslim but do i want to go to a country that's doing this right now mm-hmm. do i do i and then you know i get higher and squeakier in some sort of weird snl skit and it it sounds like a you know liberal whining being like do i want to go to america when it's mean to its people but it's it's there for me and seeing the art of of like graphic art and and the writing that's coming out of this i'm so impressed with the people who find the courage the strength both yeah, both the courage and the expression to do it who don't mm-hmm. get because I do feel sometimes like I have and sometimes I manage to write you know I write columns or blog posts or whatever and sometimes I'm just like no bad being bad is is bad people people are people be good to people like you know like you feel like it's this weird you get stuck in like the very very basics of like okay so your child is six now, right? Mm-hmm. What age was he when he was taught to be kind to people? Immediately. Basically, as soon as he could, like, move his hands, <laughs> it's like, don't hit people. Nice. Gentle. Gentle. Like, you know. And how long did it take to stick? I mean, he's a pretty gentle kid in general, but there were a couple of times it was like, you better be nice. <laughs> how, how do you how do you talk or create or reflect around these things when you sometimes feel like the very basic principle of like people have worth? That's intrinsic. Mm-hmm. Uh, be nice. You think you know you get those. You know the posters like I can't believe I still have to protest this stuff. Yeah, and it 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 kind of feels like that. Even if you you want to talk about like art and political movements, things like that, but even like TV shows and movies, and these are all artistic expressions for someone or a group of people. And it is that you just said like, I can't believe I can watch something that happened or it was was out and new ten years ago, and their messages are still relevant right now. Like, what is happening? Like, why is this still a thing? Why haven't we moved on? There's so many places that we have advanced and it's wonderful but it's like we're still fighting to keep it you know the the stuff mm-hmm. that we've we've made advances on and it's just it's exhausting but i'm not on the forefront of fighting i can't even imagine like how exhausting it is for you know the people who are out there like it's uh it's just so this is like one of the what was your phrase last time test talking mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> This stuff is so difficult to talk about for me because of, I mean, bluntly for who I am, you know, like Mm -hmm. I am, I can't, I I can speak from the grounds of I'm a woman and lots of crappy things happen to women and we still need to fight for that. And I feel like that is a place I'm really, really comfortable being. Any other place that I'm coming from, it's like I support people for being people. I want everyone to have equal rights. I want everyone to feel equal and loved and happy. And I want every I want privilege to not even be a word because (laughs) everyone just kind of I mean, I'm not talking communism here, but like still like just just general human rights. Everyone is has the same rights and there's no change in that for however you look or whoever you are. But at the same time, it's like, I want to, we were talking about, so there's like a lot of blue lives matter flags in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And we're like, Ooh, can we like fly a rainbow flag? And I'm like, can we fly a rainbow flag? Like, is that allowed? Is that appropriation? Is that, um, like, I don't know. Like, is that a good thing to fly when you aren't, I mean, we have loved ones and friends and people who are, you know, gay, transgender, bisexual, like all kind, like all kinds of people. And, is that something that's good to do? Is that, or do we just remain neutral? Like what, 
place do we come from? And then that's also speaks in art too. You know, like I can Mm -hmm. make female driven art and I have often felt empowered to do things like that. But then it's like, I want to go further, but then like, what's okay. You know, like Mm -hmm. what would I be like, so like, uh, or like if, um, I don't know, like something as simple as I'm painting a picture of a girl. And if I paint a picture of like this beautiful black woman with her natural hair and like, and I find that like super, super beautiful. If I, if I do that and put that out there, am I, am I being like a cultural appropriation jerk? Like what (laughs) is like, where am I allowed to go with my art and expression in these things for who I am as generic white lady? (laughs) I think the main thing is as so often it is about that reflection like it's not always going to lead you to the right thing but if you know that like this is maybe not a given thing i think for instance with the with the pride flag like i'm not going to be like i'm going to give you my bisexual ally stamp of approval you're good people <laughs> but i think like for instance yeah, do i need the... to get like a petition like of all of my yeah. friends and say yeah, yeah, like yeah. T- tiffany is allowed to fly this flag here here's the permission for all the people and i as someone who has spit into a tube and is no more than 33 percent of any one thing um no but i think that like <laughs> Because so many of these things are about either allyship or activism of different kinds. And I think like the thing with cultural appropriation is that I think one of the main tenets of that is, are you being praised for something that the the culture that, that originated it is generally treated worse for? So like if you're wearing cornrows and that's something that black women aren't allowed to wear in the military or at work mm, probably problematic okay okay no no one's a, yeah okay that makes sense because that's that's the thing like because and sometimes people talk about appreciation versus appropriation but what it is is like you're not just taking something that someone else uh has traditionally done it's you're taking it but you're not letting them also keep it like you're not just copying it mm-hmm. you're like going you can't do this when you do this it's uh, trashy or ugly or class um, you know all those things but when I do it I'm kind of edgy and cool and and also very much it is about the power imbalance like maybe don't wear the traditional headdresses of the people that your people enslaved and killed to a festival hypothetical example (laughs) but I think that also like those seem like big obvious ones to me. I <laughs> but I know. think also like you you kind of because in in um in books there's been a lot of uh discussion over the past few years about this thing called sensitivity readers, which is a really weird term, but where you if you're writing about a group of people that is not your group of people or sometimes even if you are, you bring in someone who can read it and go like either either do like just the logistical things pretty much like a proofreader would do like this is not mm-hmm. how you say that that this food is not green it's purple or whatever mm-hmm. but also going like mm, you know what this is not cool but the thing is aside from that you also a lot of the times you wouldn't need those if the people on the editorial boards were not white straight middle class to the extent that they often are mm-hmm. like you wouldn't you would you would you wouldn't get to the point where a book maybe had even been bought or finished because someone would have gone like hey dudes this is not okay and what's important to remember is like you shouldn't always put that on your friends who are in a minority not just like find your black friend and be like is it okay for me to paint a black lady right or find a trans friend and be like is it okay for me to pay like and i think what is really hard when you are the group that is higher up in a power imbalance is that you can have the best intentions and you can be sort of technically right but you can't keep defending that like if someone goes Mm -hmm. like this is I I don't feel good about this then you kind of have to listen and within reason at least take a couple of steps back and it's really hard when you're like I wanted to do a good thing and you can go that is not how I meant it I'm very very sorry but but even when you do want to say no I'm a good person that's that's hard and that's where you know both test talking and test painting and test thinking is also kind of a luxury to have because some people can bounce back from that <clears throat> white men <clears throat> and some people <laughs> can't you know like mm-hmm. 
I don't know. I, I feel like on the one hand, I'm with you that like there is some sort of responsibility to use, you know, with 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 great drawing power comes great responsibility. Like you have some sort of responsibility to to do something with your art. But also, I mean, we talk about art as a hobby. Like, do you have a responsibility to on your Instagram with like 1000 or 3000 or 200 followers? Do you have a responsibility there? Do you have a responsibility to to use your puppies for political statements? And I don't know, like, it's- I feel like if you're feeling it, if you know, if you have an inspiration for something, and you feel like, wow, there's something motivating me, there's something inspiring me, there's something moving me forward to create something that says something. I would say that as an artist, go for it, you know, like share that thing, you know, create mm-hmm. that thing and, and put it out there. I guess the responsibility comes in finding the courage to put something out there. It doesn't have to be your dominant thing. It doesn't have to be everything that you do, you know, every single post, every single piece of art doesn't have to be political and important and have tons and tons of meaning in order to like move agendas forward. But I think having the ability for a regular person, like even if I'm like scrolling through Instagram, right, and I see someone's activism, it feels good to see where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. You know, like there is a something as simple and you might not see art in it, but like mommy blogging, you know, is is a big thing. Um, it takes a lot of work. There's a lot of, um, you know, staging photographs and thinking about things and but still trying to like keep your kids happy. And there there's a lot that goes into that. And that could be someone's creative space. And when they choose to find something that is so important to them that they need to politicize it on their blog or on their Instagram or on their Twitter account and they put it out there, I think that that's really great and it's really brave. And I think that that also has a domino effect and it feeds other people to feel brave about that too. So it's like, okay, the mommy blog, she like put her little girl into a rainbow dress and had a post about, um, you know, we believe that love is love. We believe that everyone deserves to be with who they love. And, you know, that's a wonderful, beautiful thing to teach your children. And then that could, you know, um, then translate to someone who's into pens and they were reading that and then they decide to write something cool with one of their fountain pens. And then that translates to the person that does, you know, uh, like flower arrangements, but like there's a way to use that inspiration and activism in your art, in your social media, in however you're expressing yourself to encourage others. For some reason, I started thinking about how in Peter Pan, like all the kids have to clap to save Tinkerbell. Like you, you can't have just the one kid. All they're doing is clapping, but it counts because they're doing it together. I have no idea why why that came into my head. But there's that thing of like every little spark of something mm-hmm. And I think about that because I see my son and I see his friends and I see how they see the world now. It's like if someone is different than them, it's not a thing anymore. And I'm coming from that as like I'm raising a white male, <laughs> you know, like I am raising a very privileged little white dude. And I have to teach him very clearly that he isn't the top of the food chain, you know, like he isn't the 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 focus of the world as so many little white boys before him were taught. (laughs) And I feel like other mothers in our situation are doing the same thing. And we're teaching inclusivity. We're teaching um, no one is better than you. You know, like (laughs) everyone's equal. We're teaching like that it doesn't matter who you, it doesn't matter if, you know, Sally has two dads. Like it's just, that's who it, that's what it is. That's a family. Like families look different. (laughs) Everyone looks different. And it's like, And I see them not caring about that kind of stuff. And I love that. I think that that is a big change in the world and a big change politically. And like, if we keep showing our activism and our kindness and our inclusion in art, in culture, in uh, movies and TV shows and everything, the children are growing up being surrounded by this and they are better for it. You know, like I welcome the day that my son is able to come home with whoever he loves without coming out as anything, 
you know, like that is just not, it's not a thing. Like it's just bring home who you love. And that is and just make sure they put the toilet seat down. Um, yeah. And it's actually, put actually, that toilet I, seat I down. think that what's also sometimes important is that because, um, Pippi Longstocking, if you know her, Swedish famous mm-hmm. <laughs> literary figure, she said that, um, someone who is very strong also has to be very kind. And that's, that's another thing. Like sometimes you always also have to go like, well, you're not better, but you have, certain strengths that you have either because of who you are or because of where you were born and going like well that means that you know you can hurt people in different ways because you have either power or strength or money so that means that you have to be extra nice to not hurt other people and I mean that goes for Mm -hmm. very few people are the weakest person in the world so most people have to be kind to someone who is weaker than them you know mm-hmm. and I, I i also was thinking that th- there are things that are that can be either political or apolitical but that like for instance like okay i want to fix things rather than throw things out or buy new things and that can be uh if not a political necessarily then at least a very conscious choice mm-hmm. or it's a political choice where i talk about like well this is why it matters to me to fix this chair uh, or shirt or wall rather than throw it out or yeah. buy a new one. Yeah, that's or a good learning point. to do things like and and those things can be very very small sort of acts of activism and acts of sharing activism because I think it's like part of me is like ah activism but politics but like everything is horrible we have to do something but I think it's also okay to to find your escapism mm-hmm. as well. To paint whales, if that's what you need, and to re- read whales is a weird. But you know what well, I mean. Well, like, see, painting to- whales teach people to love whales because they're so <laughs> cute. And then, so then you're like, oh, I guess I won't throw this garbage in the ocean and kill all the whales. <laughs> so I'm helping. Yeah, but like you know, read stuff that's maybe not political or edifying, and watch fluff. You know, like I think that's okay too. Like it's okay to create and consume fluff, and sometimes we need it more times than others there's this theory that the reason that we've had so much like you know the scandy noir like we've had so much dark murdery stuff in literature and movies in sweden and in scandinavia over the past 5 10 15 years is that we've had a very safe society we don't have much gun violence like because things are pretty okay we need darkness to consume and now that the world is getting worse romance novels are selling better like you know Mm -hmm. that's it's that thing like and and that doesn't mean that you're trying to escape in the sense of closing your eyes and pretending it's not there forever and ever it's just like it's it's like a tub of ice cream like sometimes you you need that you need a a warm sweater and (laughs) a good book and that's Mm -hmm. okay Do, do you think there's a risk though um and i think you brought this up in our notes like is there a risk that people like become too political in their art to exploit the things that are going on. I think like there's both the risk of that and then there's the risk of people being accused of that, of going like, oh, well, suddenly now you care about uh, reproductive rights. And it's just like, no, it was just, we had them a second ago. Now we don't. <laughs> and now I need to paint about it. Mm-hmm. I think that there is trouble when you see great success and profit over displaying activism and political things in art because okay so i think that this only really this theory of mine (laughs) only really accounts for like maybe like 0.02 percent of the successful super super high paid (laughs) artists that are out there you know like if you are raking in the dough for um you know for painting disenfranchised children paintings then I think that there's a bit of a problem with that. And if you spend your money and you're like, oh, let me build this giant house out over this, this, these paintings that I mean, it's like really honest. That's like one of those <laughs> lies that don't really exist. Like no one's out there raking in the money over really like activist art. So it's not probably a thing at all. I think that that's where a problem would be. Yeah, most of the people who make like large amounts of money off activist art or activist merch are also the people who are going to be pumping at least a portion of that back into 
organizations or even like using their wealth to then donate their own personal time you know to go do things and volunteer places and build wells you know like in other countries and all kinds of great things like that like so there are i don't see that as exploitive if, if you're actually helping um, I think that there's, the, it's like a myth. It's a myth of exploitation, right? Like there's that idea. And sometimes of, I think even if someone's like, well, you, you're just caring about these issues because they're cool now. It's like, you know what? If someone sees a good piece of art that didn't have much heart in it to begin with, but it changed their mind, mm-hmm. it still counts. Well, and you know what? Sometimes certain topics do get cooler than others. I guess if you could call like... <laughs> tragedy hard case topics cool um you know like there there is like the the what is it called the cause de vie or something like that you know like uh, cause, cause celeb cause celeb there it is <laughs> i'm like something something um you know that's the thing that everyone's but it's okay that that's the thing you know it's okay that some cause gets its highlight moment and all the celebrities and people and everyone on Twitter's changing their avatar and you know like it's okay that this cause gets a highlight you know I don't see that as a negative thing in any way because it's creating talk and atmosphere and more people will donate and help and volunteer for this thing that's going on and that how could that ever be bad it's bad if it's like oh let's start the justin timberlake fund for like justin timberlake to just be cool and be on a yacht and dance like (laughs) that's not a good thing (laughs) we're not gonna do that i think the the only the only time it's you know even a little bit problematic is if you think that people can only care about one thing at a time and then everything else will be forgotten and that there's only money for one thing which i mean sometimes it can happen but i think it's very rarely that people pull all of their charitable donations to just one thing because that's the thing people care about. I mean, if you look at it, like manatees, my favorite animal, they're not endangered anymore Mm -hmm. because people talked about speedboats and pollution and uh, chasing them so that they they don't feel comfortable giving birth. Like it's all these these things. And and a a number of whales are not endangered anymore because Mm -hmm. we talked about whale hunting and about Except um, for those the cute little tiny baby looking whales. They're so cute and they're really endangered. There's only like two left. Oh my goodness. Yeah, no, there, there's a lot of animals there. But I mean, like there are also animals that have been taken off the endangered list. Oh, yeah. Like the, it, because it, we talked about it, you know, like it's, yeah. it's and it's and you can go like, well, why can't why do we care about animals when there are children starving? But if you go, OK, let's help the children, they'll go. But there are these other children. See, the way I like to think of it to help me because I get into that men- mental loop of, well, this cause is better than this one. Well, why are you wasting your time finding homes for dogs when you can find <laughs> homes for actual children who need like it's like, yes, there are lots of causes. The highlighted one, it, it ebbs and it flows, you know, like. Like it's sometimes it's at the top, sometimes it's at the bottom, and that helps everybody. And you know what? You can't put your own energy on everything. Like you can't help everyone. There's like if you you're not trying to help everyone, you're not you're helping no one really. And it's like some people will find a cause in helping whales. Other people will find a cause in helping children. Other people will find a cause in helping mothers and like helping schools. And there's so many different people with so many different interests and they will all focus in on their own thing. And I think that that's, what's great. There's people who are going to be helping are helping everywhere. And I feel like you just need to kind of, it's the, the controlling, um, personality that you feel like we need to do everything. We need to do this. We need to help this one. We need to help this one. It's like, yes, there are people helping this. There's a charity for that. And there's a charity for this. And there's a charity for this. And there's people talking about it. And it's like, there, everyone is like blanket helping. If you want to think about that in a positive way, like humanity in a good way, that people are spreading themselves around to affect all these different areas. And because of the way the world works now in technology, we can find so many more of those uh, causes to care about. We mm-hmm. can find ways to help. Uh, we can find ways to send money. Like you can do micro loans. You can do donations over PayPal. You can, you can give, buy plastic you, bracelets that help whales. <laughs> you can buy plastic bracelets that help whales. You can learn about why you shouldn't use straws. Like all of these mm-hmm. and you know, straws complex issue not as easy as it sounds whatever but you know what i mean like and and you can share even just like 
that one little Instagram picture that made you think about something differently. Mm -hmm. And that's so huge and so cool to be like where before it was like, okay, so those three newspapers that you maybe have access to and you see the political cartoons in those. And then maybe if you're really super active, maybe you read a zine that's like copied in the 17th generation on, you know, school mimeograph or whatever. But now you have so much access to this art that is sometimes really complex both graphically and and in its content and sometimes it's just like a really simple doodle but it does something to you and that's amazing and you can find all of those different different ways to be inspired and to to inspire others like it it's i think it's cool that art doesn't have to matter and be super thought out and super well done mm-hmm. but you can still share it you know that is kind of the beauty of it, isn't it? That like you, we can have this big discussion and talk about all these issues and talk them out. And then we can go create something in relation to that. And it doesn't have to be anything. It doesn't have to fall into any kind of category because it's art is this beautiful, wonderful expression of human emotion. And it can be whatever you need it to be. I feel like there is very obvious homework here. Yeah. Um, Create some political art. (laughs) Yeah. But I'm thinking about like two prongs to it. Like one, create a piece, some piece of political art or making for something that is something that you, you know, care about and feel strongly about. And then to create something that's like find, find a thing that you still, I mean, care about in the sense that you're for it, Mm -hmm. but is maybe not one of your main issues. Like to think about like, okay, so for you, maybe that's, um, I'm really bad at thinking up political stuff not to care about you know what i mean like if it's if it's uh better recycling of ceramic scraps can you create art about you know what i mean like finding something that's not one of your like top 10 sorry top four uh (laughs) issues that you care about you know yeah to think about like okay what can i make that's about uh the depletion of raspberry kinds (laughs) i should i should probably do some straw art because we do use too many straws i should stop that that's a good thing to stop (laughs) And maybe I'll make some art with the straws that I'm not using. <laughs> see, that's good. But that's that's and that's I would love to see other people's like spontaneous political, quick or complicated art as well. Ooh, um, I can I wanna, pick up I trash encourage... on the beach and glue it to a board and be like, "Look what nice. you've done, you dirty people." <laughs> uh, yeah, but I think because I think like I I think I sometimes hold back as well. But then sometimes I'm just like fat mermaid. That's body activism. Yay. That's right. Because it's, it's fun to draw fat mermaids. Um, they are kind of great. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, I've enjoyed these two very, very different, but also very sort of philosophical mulling it over episodes. Yeah, uh, me too. I, I can't I can't promise that we'll be as smart next episode and I can't promise that we'll be back to talking about literal practical art either. <laughs> um I do want to talk about practical art. I'll do a little teaser next episode. I drew a naked dude. <gasps> I'm not gonna talk about it now, I'm gonna save it for the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> well that's a bombshell. That's a cliffhanger if I ever heard one. Uh while you're waiting for that, you can check out our show notes are at makedopod.com. And you can follow us as MakeDoPod in most places where you follow people and things. If you're not subscribed yet, please do subscribe in Overcast or iTunes or any other podcatcher that you prefer. And leave stars and reviews in the services that allow you to do so. Or put up a post-it on uh, a light pole somewhere near you that tells people to listen to Make Do. Uh, We'll be back again in two weeks, apparently with naked men. But until then, go make and do.